Well, Marcy, we've been talking about on the show DNF, which yes. I believe was one on the early episodes. You defined, we, you know, we asked you different ter- trail <laughs> terms and you had to guess. And we uh, learned that DNF means did not finish, right? Yes. What did I think it meant? Because I, I, I know it's running through my mind. <laughs> oh, I don't know if it's the same. Thing. Get the bleeper button ready. <laughs> I would <laughs> get the. Go ahead. What do you, what'd you think, yeah. Marcy? Do not fart. Hi, this is Tom. I'm six feet seven inches tall, weigh 255 pounds. I really am a big ass runner from Bellevue, Kentucky. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now, here's your hosts, Jeff Harrell and Stephen Pritt. Stephen, I love it when we have fellow Clydesdales doing the (laughs) intro 6'7". That is awesome. That is very tall, but yeah, thank you so much. That is awesome. I think Tom was one of our winners. I think we had one of the contests uh, not too long ago. It's true. Yeah. He's a winner. He is a winner all the way around. Seems like just a great guy. I know he's sponsored by Honey Stinger and some other different ambassador programs out there. So if you haven't followed Tom on Instagram, he's at basketball dad and the number two that's right I, i'm guessing there's some basketball players in that family six seven no surprise yeah I, I think they had the genes for it for sure that is true well welcome to the big ass runner i'm jeff harrell and i'm Stephen print Stephen, this is episode believe it or not it's an even number Episode 60. Woohoo! We made it all the way to number 60 already. I can't believe it. I feel like we should be retiring. We're at that retirement age. Five more episodes. That's right. <laughs> Do you retire at 65 anymore? I don't even know. I don't think so. What's a pension anyway? I don't, I don't, it, it's like when your neck's hurting. Right, exactly. It's a pension. I got a little pension in my neck. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, we have a fun show planned. We are going to talk about a race that we ran and we did something, both of us, Stephen, we did something we have never done before. Yes. It's a rarity. Never done it before. But yeah, it happens sometimes. It happened. You'll have to find out what that is here in a little bit. And in the second segment, one of, if not the favorite, Marcy Baser is back. Everybody's favorite, the one and only Marcy. She brings that unique perspective that Stephen, you and I just don't have. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of an outside of the trail running culture, but very applicable to the culture. For so sure. applicable, <laughs> so applicable. But before we get to that, Stephen, I thought we could start by talking a little bit about our training. You know, we are currently in the midst of training. We've got some races this fall really kind of leading up to our big race, which is in February, the 100K. You and I, you know, we both have full-time jobs. We get to podcast every couple of weeks. Yeah. I don't get to see that much, so I thought maybe we could talk on the air about how our training's going. Yeah, and like Jeff said, we've got a big race in February. We've never done 100K before, so we kind of put that on the on the calendars. And yeah, I think we're going to do a couple things. We're going to run 50K, you know, coming up in a few months. We few are in, months. No- in November. In November, right. And then we're going to do a road marathon. I've never, I mean, I've run the distance of a marathon, but I've never run a road one before. So that'll be something unique. But, you know, we try to make it fun. We've done this for several years where we've tried to plan races 
on longer mile days to just be fun. If you're going to get the miles in, you might as well get a t-shirt and a medal for them kind of thing. Yeah, do a road trip. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Jeff, I'm trying to start getting back where I'm actually increasing the miles on the weekends. So I'm just kind of at that point. I've been pretty consistent on doing Orange Theory, which I love doing for kind of some of the things we talked about in the last episode of, you know, core and strength training, just trying to sure up some of that stuff. And there's so many aspects of that that I really like, and they do have some running in there, but trying to do that on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then Monday and Wednesday doing more simpler runs, you know, like maybe three to five miles, and then using the weekend for like Saturday, specifically like a longer run. So this past weekend went out and went to one of our home courses called Irwin Park here and just kind of started working on, you know, it was hot, but wanted to run in the heat and then also get eight or more miles. So definitely going to start picking it up to where we probably don't run less than 13 coming up and those kind of things. So that's kind of where I am. What about you? I, I know you were doing heart rate training. How's that going? It's going slowly. <laughs> what I found it, it takes a lot of patience and takes a lot of perseverance. And I think it is working well. You know, we, we talked about the night race that we had, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it here in a second. I definitely felt better on that race. I felt a little bit lighter. I, mean, I am trying yeah. to lose a little bit of the Clydesdale weight <laughs> on me as well. And I love what Dr. Lisa talked about in the last episode. I, I really want to take to heart, which is to have a really, really strong plan mm -hmm. and to not just run, but also do, you know, the accessory work, the mobility work, the strength work that she talked about strengthening my feet, Steven, yep. starting at the feet, get those feet going. And I have a big announcement to make. You do what? Yes. All right. Here's, here's the thing, Steven. I have followed running plans before when we've done 50 K's and mm -hmm. there's some online and you know, there's some things like that. And I, and I, I do okay on those, but one thing I know about myself is, and this is why I really enjoyed CrossFit when I did it, and I've, I've retired as I've gotten older right. from CrossFit. <laughs> it's a little hard on the joints as you get older, but I like someone to go, Jeff, go do this. Right. Here's the plan. Go execute the plan. Right. That's not the case at work. I, I like <laughs> to create the plan at work. Right. And work with my teams to execute the plan, but for running and trail races mm -hmm. and working out, because I know I'm not a pro right. at that. I'm an everyday runner. I'm an everyday you know, workouter, whatever, right. whatever that term yeah. is. I have a running coach. What? That is awesome. Congratulations. Yes. I'm very excited. And it's a guy named Greg Sitzengrath, who you know as well. Mm -hmm. He is one. You know, We actually gave him a shout out way back. That he did Cocodona 250. That's right. Yeah, he and Jason. He and Jason did that, and they're part of a local running club here. We really enjoy those folks. There's lots of that running club that listen to the show, and Greg's just great, and we've really enjoyed getting to know him over the last year or so. And so when I thought about, man, I just feel like I need someone to help me right. stay on track, put together a great plan, execute that plan, hold me accountable, right. be part of a you know, kind of a group. Mm -hmm. And so I'm we just started, but I'm really, really excited. Well, I heard he's a slave driver and we will not ever see you again. No, that's awesome. <laughs> that is really cool. And yeah, I think having somebody like that that can help formulate a custom plan to you and give you those milestones and those goals to accomplish is pretty awesome. So congratulations. So thank you. You know what's even cooler, Stephen? What? His Instagram is Ultra Ninja Runner and his kind of training group, his coaching group is called Team Ninja. 
I get to be a ninja. So stealthy. I didn't think Clydesdales could become ninjas, but it's possible. That's awesome. Does that mean you have like a sword now and a, and a bandana? Heck yeah. Nice. Heck yeah, I do. <laughs> no, I'm really excited to work with Greg and he's already put together some really great stuff for me. So really excited about that. And again, I just wanted to take, you know, I don't know if you've had this feeling, Stephen, where you've towed the line and you go, you know what? I don't know that I've trained the best I could. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've done all the things I should have done. You know, the haze in the barn is the saying. I got, I mean, <laughs> I've got to run this thing. And, and we usually do well enough yeah but i, I want to do better right. i want to do better i want to feel like i've done the right work i've put in the training i'm at the best point i can be to run these races and, and do them well right yeah and i think having a trainer you know who's helping you with that and a coach like greg is the perfect way to do that to say you know what i know in good conscience i gave it my all i had a plan i worked the plan and this is the result of it. But well, we'd love to hear about how your training is going. It's getting a little bit cooler here in Texas. So the miles, they tend to get longer and higher as the temperatures go down the other direction, just so you can stay out there longer and don't die of heat strokes, Stephen. So we'd love to hear from you out there that are getting your longer training runs in as well. And with that, Stephen, let's get going on episode number 60 of The Big Ass Runner. Well, Stephen, as we mentioned in the open, we ran a race a few weeks ago, the mm-hmm. night race. We talked about it on the last episode, some of our observations of running at night. Yeah. But you and I both did something in this race. And we've done a lot of races, we've done a lot of races together. And we both did something in this race besides running at night that we <laughs> had never done before. Yeah. This is something that in yeah, you said never, like now, and it's obviously never, but like all of my time running in high school, middle school, all that kind of stuff, never done this before. So we ran the race, and it was the first time that you and I both DNF'd a race. We have, yeah, if you look up our time, and if you go to, it was called Knob Hills, uh-huh. and you look up our time, it says, did not finish. I know. Neither of us finished this race. Yeah, and it's one of those things that's it's such an interesting process to go through to not to finish a race. And is it first something you're just battling in your mind? And then is it something that I should pay attention to that tension? And then you kind of go through is like, is this something I'm just trying to look for an easy way out? Or is this something where you really should consider it? It's that whole entire process you go through. It's like, don't be a quitter. You know, then there's just fight through, fight through it. There's the shame of it, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, we both for the first time did not complete a race. And that was kind of a strange and weird feeling. Yeah, I think a lot of times you think about DNF and it, it to me for and I'll just talk about personally right. how I think about it is it's more of a pride issue. Like I I didn't want you to go to Ultra sign up and look at all my races and see a DNF. It was just more of a I was okay with slower times. Right. <laughs> but you know, I just felt like, gosh, I don't want to quit. I don't want to be a quitter. And and then I think one and, and by the way, we both DNF for different reasons. And we can we'll talk yeah. about that a little bit here in a second. Mine was actually a planned 
DNF. Uh-huh. And the reason is because we both wanted to get the night miles in and, and experience a night race. This race was a either a 10K, a 30K, or a 50K. Mm-hmm. I knew I was not ready for a 50K. Right. I wanted to do more than a 10K, but I also figured 30K was a little bit more because just the amount of training I've done. And, you know, Dr. Lisa talked about, you know, don't want to add too many miles. I think race day is a little bit different, but because you tend to add more than 10%, right. usually, you know, you, you, you run more than you maybe have on your longer training runs. But I was like, I, you know, I want the 20 K version <laughs> because as you mentioned, this was a 10 K loop. Right. And so each loop was 10 K. And I thought, I don't think, I didn't want to drop down to do a 10. I just didn't think that was enough. I wanted to challenge myself a little bit more, but I knew 30 was probably a little unrealistic and mainly because this started at night and I didn't want to be running into the three, 4 AM. Right. And you guys waiting on me. <laughs> that was really the big, that was one reason. The other reason really the, the biggest one was I wasn't quite ready for 19 miles at that point. Right. So mine was a, a bit of a play. I told you guys when I was, when we were driving in, you know, if I feel like doing the third loop, I'll do it, but I'm planning on doing two. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a really good, you know, way to think about it. I think for my observation of yours was you did stick to the plan. Yes, it was a DNF, but you kind of went into it knowing that you wanted to achieve something and you got it done. But it was for us, lots of more than normal circumstances, you know, between nights and just all kinds of things going on there. So yeah, it, it definitely was a different kind of race. And like we said before, you got to look and pay attention and all these kind of things. And to me, there's a lot more energy going on there than, yes. than just the normal getting out there, kind of put it on autopilot and running, getting it done. Yeah. And I had been doing so many tracks miles that I knew hitting a, a more technical trail like that was going to take a lot out of me. So that's another reason I just thought, I don't know that I've got 30 K in me. If, if it happens, it's great, but I'm going to opt for the 20 K. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was the plan. Yeah. But for you, it was a little different. Yeah. Mine was a little different. This, this was a race where I, I was like, I can definitely get the miles. I wasn't concerned about that. And I don't mean that in a cocky way, meaning just like, yeah, we can get the miles in. It was going to be a little tough. Had I been running that many? No, but all things being equal, I could totally just go out and run that. In fact, I was really excited for the race too. I was really looking forward to just the experience of, you know, running at night and then doing the loop, you know, even if that were a day race, just doing the loop and stuff. I think for us, I ran with my friend Richard. We ran with Richard. We talked about him before and stuff. So we talked and we said, let's just do the first loop. Let's just get the first loop done and then see how we feel, get a lay of the land, so to speak, you know, see, cause this one, it, it had some uphills and then some flats and then some uphills again, and then a kind of a long finish. And so we're like, let's just kind of do like a wind test and kind of get an idea of what the loop feels like. Cause none of us, it's a popular trailer around here. We just, none of us have ever run it before. And then let's settle into the second one and then kind of push ourselves for the third one. So that was kind of our plan. We had set out to run a certain pace. We went out a little bit faster, but Richard was leading, you know, our he and I, but we ran with a group of people for a while, which was which was kind of fun. It helped us not to get lost and that kind of thing. But the weird thing for me was I felt fine. I was just real, I say quiet, sometimes I'm talking, but I was just real focused, like taking everything in, trying to be observant. I was real focused on that. 
But I used my, usually I'll wear a hydration vest, but I have one that has the classic tube bottles on the side. This one I wanted to do the kind of the bladder in the back with the hose around. And so we got done with the first loop and I was like, yeah, I felt fine. I was tired, but I think the thing for me, it was, it was really humid and yeah, it was super humid. And I had been running, I had purposely been running in the heat, like hundred degree heat, but not in the humidity. And I think I was so focused of the first lap on just paying attention and getting the first one and, and observing everything that by the time I started leading the second lap, I started feeling really weird. And the feeling was I just couldn't cool off. And there wasn't much of a breeze because I said like sometimes you kind of go down and you're in a valley and sometimes you come up. But for me, I hadn't really felt that. Like I even in my mind is like, do I have COVID? Like, yeah, you know, like, yeah. you know, I'm like, I'm tired. You know, I had all the hydration going on and stuff, but I just by the time we started finishing the 10K, I started getting cold, but not in the cold, like it's a windy cold kind of thing. I'm like, this doesn't feel right. So we stopped because every loop was the aid station. Yeah, there was one aid station at the end of the 10K. Right, yeah. exactly. So you do the 10K, you go back to your where your drop bags are, you go do another one. And by the time I got back, I took off the vest, got some water and stuff, but I just didn't feel right what was really weird about it for me, and maybe some of you guys have ever experienced this and stuff, and, and I consider myself a pretty experienced runner, I didn't feel right, and I felt like my muscles and my lungs felt fine. Like I, Again, I wasn't concerned about the miles. It was just I didn't feel right. And so I don't know. I just I couldn't get cooled off, basically, and I think it was just the humidity was so much, and we taken the first lap at a pretty good pace, but nothing crazy. And I was like, I just don't, I don't want to be stuck out there on the loop at night, not knowing how I'm feeling. Cause there was, once you left, there was nothing out there. (laughs) I mean, it was just obviously nothing. So I just didn't feel right. And I battled with it. And, and again, in full transparency, Jeff, I was really disappointed. In fact, I, I wasn't sure where you were on the course and I figured you were somewhere close to us. And so I finished a little bit ahead of you. But when you finished, I didn't really even want to go and talk right now. I was kind of so still in the back and I didn't see you at first, but I was still sulking <laughs> and part of it was like sulking. And part of it was, I don't want to talk to anybody because I'm going to have to tell them what happened. And and that's probably not the right way, but I had to kind of get over that hurdle in my mind. Yeah, I, when, when I finished the second loop, and I knew that was going to be my last one, we saw the race director, who's a friend of ours, Ben Bridgman. And so I was talking to him at the end, at the finish. And then, because I figured you're on your third loop. Yeah, so, so did I. Thought, yeah. and, and of course, the whole time I'm on my second loop, I'm like, I don't want Steven to pass me. I don't, he can't lap me. He can't lap me. <laughs> And then I see you and I'm like, well, wait, I didn't, I, I couldn't figure out why am I seeing Steven? He can't, he, I know he didn't cross the finish for the third loop. Yeah. And you said, no, I had to, I, had, I dropped out after two and you weren't real happy about it because no. you're, you're such a competitor, but I was proud of you because I think that was the right decision. There was no doubt about it. Yeah. And it was, and it's funny, Jeff, I've been doing some thinking about this and I guess this is the, this is kind of the conclusion. Some of you guys that are in corporate America or, you know, you hear this, there's this thing I think that came out of Silicon Valley where it's like, you should celebrate failure. And it wasn't like I got done with that race and I want to say, yeah, I failed. You know, it's like, put it on Strava, shout from the world, I failed. So 
to me, it's not necessarily a, like a celebration of failure. It's more of being okay with failure. I think that to me where the, I know that might sound weird, not trying to go Freudian on anybody, but I think being okay with failing and learning from it versus celebrating it is kind of where I got my head around it the next day. Cause I got home, we got home like around 145 or something like that. And that was the other thing too, I, I didn't mention is Richard and I, we had planned on what we were going to run it in, but we were 45 minutes off of pace. Like by the time we did the second one, we thought we could do it in a certain time period. And what was funny is talking to other people that we know that ran the race, their times were off too. Like even people in the 50K, a lot of people dropped out because it was so humid. And again, sometimes people say excuses are in half efforts given. That wasn't the case on this one. It was just, again, I didn't feel right. So I think for me, it was learning to be okay with failure, but that doesn't mean you have to celebrate it because you know, when I saw you finally, you know, and I kind of peered out of the bushes. I felt <laughs> like, oh, Steven. yeah, I was like, I didn't be like, Hey, that was so fun. I, I mean, I had a great time. I just was like, I was not happy about not completing it. And like I said, I have never done that in the history of my, that's not a pride thing. It's just not something I'm accustomed to doing, but realizing that you don't have to celebrate failure, but being okay with it. And knowing that that's not an indictment on you or the smarter thing was listening to your body. And for whatever reason on that given day, it did not come together. But then it was like, okay, I've learned some things. I One, learned how to run at night. Two, I definitely want to do that race again next year. And hopefully it is at night and hopefully it's humid. I just want to take it a different approach, a yeah. little bit going better into that. So learned a lot from it. It was definitely a fun race. And the team of people who put it on did a great job. So nothing against them. It's just not your day, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think some people see a DNF as this scarlet letter that you you can't wear. And again, like you said, it's not that we want to not finish. The goal is to finish, although in my case, it kind of wasn't. (laughs) Right. But, you know, 99.9% of the time, the goal is to finish. I think the lesson here, though, is if for some reason the smart decision is to not finish, that's okay. Right. And what's not okay is not to learn something from that. Right. You said, I I love how you put that, not to celebrate it, but to be okay with it, to learn from it, to tweak. And then next time, and I'm the same way I want to do, I'm even thinking about doing the 50 K there next year because I want to tackle that course differently. Right. And I think I can do that because I'm sitting here thinking, what did I learn Mm -hmm. from the two laps I did run and not sulking because uh, if someone goes to my ultra sign up, they're going to see right. <laughs> he didn't finish. Right. So hopefully you've learned a little bit. I learned a lot from yeah. this race, from not finishing, being okay with it, not being necessarily happy about it, but learning something and moving forward. Right. I think that's the great thing about trail running in the sport is that nothing at that race went according to plan, (laughs) except for a little bit of the first race, you know, and humidity, pace, whatever. I mean, we were way off on our time. And I think if it was a early morning Saturday race, even the same time of year, it would have been a completely different thing. I just think that night was... You know, and I talked to somebody later on too. It's like when it's humid, your body does like it's wet. And so it's, it's having a hard time letting that heat escape versus when it's dry, it just kind of evaporates and you have to hydrate. It's more of like an inside out versus an outside eating thing. So learned a lot from it, excited to tackle that one again. But I think the main takeaway for me is, as being okay with failure, 
like you said, Jeff, it's not a scarlet thread, you know, on you. And that, you know, that this podcast is for everyday runners. It happens to everyday people get out there. And even not every day, you know, you see elites and all these bigger races. And some of these races are designed to get you to DNF. Yeah. So it's, it's just kind of learning where you are in that process and knowing what your limits are. And I think that's true for every given race. I think you can't just say these are my limits bar none. I think that changes according to circumstances in that given race. Well, Stephen, I want to end this because we did, I think we, we both learned a lot. And I ran across a quote from, and I'm probably going to, you know, we're known for mispronouncing things. That's part of our brand. Uh, yeah, it's part of our brand. It's just to butcher names. I think it's Tatiana Ivanova. Uh-huh. I- Ivanova. Ivanova. Tatiana Ivanova. I found this in TriRunner magazine. But she says to DNF can hurt, no question about it. But there are benefits too. These are usually not obvious in the moment, but they will surface after some time to reflect. Keep your health, your integrity, and an open mind, and you'll find most challenges in life ultimately build your character and open up new doors. I think that's exactly what you were just saying, Stephen. You you found, after some reflection, (laughs) some things to learn and, and to take away from this DNF. Yep. So with that, Stephen, we'll wrap up this segment, Taking the DNF. Well, Stephen, one of the things we absolutely love to do is to give shout outs and kudos out there to the everyday runner just making it happen. Who do we have this week? So, Jeff, we actually have um, Jeff Jordan. He goes by Pinbuster 300, and he's new to, to running, but it's kind of a new passion of his that he has. And he is out there just really making it happen and really falling in love with the sport of running. First of all, great first name. Second of all, must be a bowler. Pinbuster 300? That's phenomenal. Yeah, he is is not striking out on running, that is for sure, and just knocking him down. So, What can't he do? Uh, yeah, well, he doesn't run in the alleys either. No, probably. or the gutters. Right, exactly. So, But no, he's doing an awesome job. And speaking of awesome, he's a big fan of something that you and I both love. Uh-oh. And it is food? Awesome, awesome sauce. Yes, it is food. Really? Yeah. He loves awesome sauce, which is one of our favorites. I say goose. It's kind of its own category because it's so awesome. Yes, but it, it is so awesome. It's made by Spring Energy. But love it. Anyway, we just want to say great job and congratulations. It sounds like he's really found running and fallen in love with it and just really enjoying it so we just want to say great job jeff welcome to the community thank you for listening and congratulations way to go cool name jeff ladies and gentlemen it's Marcy Baser. <laughs> wow. You almost scared me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I had a little extra pizzazz. Oh, boys. I thought that was like a monster truck. <laughs> Tractor pull. <laughs> the music kind of sounds I like know. it now that you say that. Marcy, Marcy, Ooh, Marcy. Marcy Baser, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I've got a lot of WT in me, so this does... <laughs> TNT Marcy! <laughs> Explosion firepower! 
Oh, hello, Episode boys. How number are 16. <laughs> How do we steer this back under the road, so to speak? I have no clue. Your rubber. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, we have been talking, Marcy, about... First of all, if you haven't heard Marcy on the show before... What's wrong with you? You got to go back. Where have you been? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Go back and listen to the Marcy Baser. I think starting at episode two, sprinkled throughout the last 60 episodes, <laughs> you can find the great Marcy Baser. Oh, wow. Thank you. She's the season. The great's a lot, but I think it's just the Marcy Baser. I'm not even sure we can give me a the. No, you get the the for <laughs> sure. I, I would put Because there's great. no others. <laughs> True. Pretty soon she's going to have a symbol. She'll be like Prince. (laughs) Formerly known as Marcy Baser. (laughs) That would be awesome. Well, Marcy is a pre-runner. Still (laughs) pre-running. A year and a half into the show, she's still a pre-runner. You know, I've put my toe in there from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. That's about all. Yeah, that's about all. As she has often stated, she will pace you the last half mile. Yes. That's the kind of person she is. As long as you're not fast. As long as you're not fast and and maybe not going. Semi unconscious. Yeah. (laughs) And stopping at how many aid stations? I think comfort stations. said at least two. Two. Maybe more, but at least two comfort stations. I mean, I could set them up myself. So basically, two little places where we have candies and drinks and yeah. just kind of hang out for a minute. Every 400 meters. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be good. It's yeah. going to be good. And then well, you get the t-shirt and then you're ready to go. Yes. <laughs> yes. She definitely brings a unique perspective to the show, which we love. Yes. Which, the you know what? The listeners love it as well. We hear uh. we hear from them all the time. <laughs> I think they'd like you just to take the show over, quite I honestly. So. I don't think they would. The mailbox, Google called said, your mailbox is full. You That's need, right. You need to go through some of these. That's so You've true. You've exceeded That's your right. limit. That's so sweet. Well, Marcy, we've been talking about on the show DNF, which yes. I believe was one on the early episodes. You defined, we, you know, we asked you different ter- trail terms and you had to guess. And we uh, learned that DNF means did not finish. Right? Yes. What did I think it meant? Because I, I, I know it's running through my mind. <laughs> oh, I don't know if it's the same. Get thing. the bleeper button ready. <laughs> I would <laughs> get the. Go ahead. What do you, you think, yeah. Marcy? Do not fart. Oh, do oh, not fart. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that should mean that. It should mean that. Right. Although that should be table stakes, right? It should like yeah, everyone yeah. should know that. <laughs> you should. I've been on some races and no one knows that's, that. That's not always. I'm known. telling that's you, I'm sure after mile, well, I don't know. Even walking <laughs> makes me gassy. I feel like there's all that jiggling and that bumbling, and it just it does. makes Sometimes, everything. Yeah, you it's gotta, really good for you, I think. You got to get it settled. Clean it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been talking about DNF on this episode. We talked earlier about the fact that we had our very first did not finish in a race, which is okay. We talked about that earlier, but what we thought we'd talk with you about is. Here's the topic. Are there things in your life that you started but did not finish? <laughs> and maybe any lessons learned that, and we're all going to participate. This isn't just, let's look at Marcy and have her t- yeah, tell us about her life story. How many, how much time do you have? Yeah. And how many times? This is a four hour episode. <laughs> yes, of what Marcy did not finish. 
And I'll see, be seeing a therapist afterwards. Should we just, should we go with what did Marcy finish? Yeah, that might be a better one. Wow. <laughs> so harsh. I do. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't, mean, I didn't mean, you know, that I was kidding. You know, I was kidding. Now, oh, I now you know you. how it feels. Yes. Yeah. Well, Stephen. Uh, we're did, still talking about it, Stephen. I'll start. I mean, if okay, you, okay, you want to okay. shine a light on me and, you know, we're going to do some fun ones and maybe more serious ones, maybe. Okay. Oh, we'll wow. see. We'll see how it goes. All right. I think a couple episodes ago, we talked about, it was our Olympics episode, if yes. you recall, what yes. we would meddle in. Mm-hmm. And I said ordering books on Amazon. <laughs> yes. Ooh. I would also meddle in not finishing books yeah, on Amazon. With, yeah. mm. I have a whole library full of books that I've ordered and started, but did not finish. Well, at least you started them, Jeff. Barely. <laughs> Barely. I read the, I read the cover. Would you just read the back? <laughs> I looked at the reviews, you know, and thumb through it a little bit. Are there any pictures here? <laughs> a table, perhaps. Oh, no pictures. Well, forget that. I have to jump in that boat because sometimes I've literally ordered a book and, and with the intent of reading it. And then I'll go on Amazon and go, there's a condensed version of this for like five bucks. <laughs> Cliff notes, man. That and, was the best. And I will, I'll buy the the executive uh, summary of the book because I'm like, that's all you really need. Let's just be real. I didn't even know those existed. Oh, they're you magical. You just changed my life. Yeah. <laughs> now you don't have to buy the book. You can just buy the executive summary. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. That's a thing. What yeah. if you're not an executive? Oh, which well, I'm not. Well, neither am I. But you yeah. know, hey. So. Oh, well, I'm kind of the executive at my house. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. You can make an executive decision I make and all buy of them. the yeah. executive. Oh yeah. Summary. Yeah. I'm CEO over there. <laughs> there you are. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you Chief are. Baser Corp. <laughs> <laughs> Baser Corp. <laughs> Chief Execution Officer. We get it done. That's right. Executing all kinds well, of stuff. Well, I will just tell you today. I too have this same problem of yes. buying books I do not read. And I was organizing my library today. I was watching somebody on a. Like Marie Kondo? Well, uh, no, 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 no. I was watching a Zoom with somebody, and their background, their bookshelf was a freaking nightmare. Oh. And I thought, oh my gosh. And when I was like, mine is too. So, anyways, I was reorganizing, <laughs> and I finally took this giant pile of books that are like next to my bed of things I'm quote unquote gonna read at some point I just put them in the shelf I just said you know what who are we kidding people (laughs) these things have been here so long so now I have a full shelf of things I'm gonna gonna read at some point yeah Yeah, we'll see so they've moved from this bedside table to To the the very top shelf top shelf oh we even went top shelf I have to go get a ladder to get up there It's a situation of books that are not going to be read. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's a good one. So if you want to look at my books that you've not read, okay. feel free. Come, we can We know over. where they are now. Yeah. <laughs> they're not next to the bed. They're, so I'm they're six, on the four. shelf. I might not even need a ladder. <laughs> you probably can just reach them. Probably just reach them, the Clydesdale. <laughs> so I have one. I've, I've done this, I probably think maybe four times in my life where I will get inspired to get a gym membership to like 24-hour <laughs> fitness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, I can do this. I don't need a trainer. I'm just going to go in there yeah. and, you know. Yeah, you can. Uh, yeah. And forget the free weights. I'm going to go read the little instructions and go do all the little things. And I get there and I look around <laughs> and I stare at everything. And then I see Biff over there. Buffy Biff. <laughs> like he's going he's gonna to eat me like a protein shake, you know. And I'm just like, 
yeah, I'll go a couple times. And I'm like, this is lame. I mean, I, I'm just not a gym rat. So I've literally probably done that four times in my life and just then gone. This Only is, four? Yeah, this is a waste I've of time. I've done a lot more than that. Yeah. <laughs> four seems like a low number. I know. Yeah, but I just try it with really good intentions. and This time it's going to stick. Yeah. Now, the only time that it has stuck is I do Orange Theory. But to me, that's not the same thing. It's not just like a gym where you no, walk around. it's a around. class. Yeah, it's a yeah. class. So you can't escape it once you're there. You just it's, don't show up. Uh, right. That's the only way you escape it. <laughs> exactly. It's either you're all in or you're you're all out. You can't be in the middle and go, eh, I'm done. This sucks. I, oh, I have. Oh. I've run out of there. <laughs> You're like, oh, I didn't know that was on the schedule. <laughs> that, that was a, the, I have totally left. 2,000 meter row. This is the two oh, meter row. This sucks. I'm out. <laughs> Not often. Right. But there have been times uh, yeah. that I have left in the middle of class. Yeah. So I've DNF'd a couple gym memberships and yeah. I just, I hate going to the gym. So. I like going to the gym, but there is something about having someone just tell you what to do. Right. You know, like oh, do yeah. these. Like, that's what I liked about CrossFit. Right. We yeah. had a wide, you know, workout of the day. And so you did it along with everybody else. And so there was no guesswork. You didn't have to. It's that group mentality too. Right. It helps. True. True. Yeah. You didn't walk around the gym going, what am I going to do? Or getting on a machine backwards and doing it wrong. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My hand's raised right now. Yeah. Right here. I'm like, you're looking at the little picture on the machine. And you're like, I think I got this. That ends. You'll have somebody inevitably uh, turn around. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I feel awesome (laughs) that does make it a little easier well i've done the i've done this too the gyms where you have like the little pin you pull out oh yeah and then yeah you put in there i don't think i actually need the pin (laughs) i'm just gonna (laughs) i'm just gonna put it to the side (laughs) i don't i think whatever's whatever that first one is that's That's plenty that's plenty for (laughs) me zero weight will do it (laughs) Uh, right i was like i'm trying to look around like i think it's just lost i don't know what happened to the pin (laughs) not only it's in my pocket but i'm like i'm just gonna do this one you know well it's no wonder you're a jack like john denver uh, yeah i mean clearly my physique is you can tell that like there is a that reason. should be a surprise like what you don't go to the gym that's amazing <laughs> i would have never known i mean honestly the three of us we do look like gym rats oh my I god mean, uh, totally we totally do we more the rat <laughs> part than the gym part yeah. but yes so people will be surprised right. very surprised as marcy's rubbing her her yeah. triceps she's like i'm checking i'm wishing i had a little oil on this one right now. Whoa. 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 Gun show just broke out. I just flex for the boys. Wow. look at the part that hangs down. (laughs) Ignore that. Golly. You got a license to carry those things over there? Unbelievable. Uh, Texas is an open arm. (laughs) (laughs) Well... So that's good. We did a round yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. I think well, we should do a round two. Okay. Okay. Well, I haven't even done round one. Shall oh, that's I right. You, you just agreed. <laughs> I thought yours was I the book. Everything you say, I'm like, me too, guys. Yes, okay. yeah. You get to do one on well, your own, Marcy. I will just Marcy. say, I have started so many things that I have not finished that pretty much anyone else says something. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, I didn't even, yeah, I forgot that one. Okay. Yeah, that one. Yeah. So I think probably my biggest regret is probably tap dancing. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I felt like when I was five, I probably really had a pretty serious career ahead of me. But, and tap dancing, but really? I quit at six. Oh, so no. yeah, You're I just know. Getting and the ballet, and the, once again, the physique says it all. I was an excellent <laughs> ballet dancer. I was built for it, so live. And <laughs> but you know, neither one of those worked out due to actually having to work at uh, uh, it. 
house. Yeah. 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 It's a commitment. It really is. It's too it much really for a five-year-old. It's, it's like too- a lifestyle. It's like you're... Ooh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't have any talent. My mom kept putting me in stuff. <laughs> over. I, you know, really, this is my mom's fault. She kept putting me in stuff. <laughs> Dang it, mom. What? And Why then, do moms do yeah, that? I mean, voice lessons, piano lessons, tap, ballet, this, that, gymnastics. And I just kind of sucked at all of it. Maybe she thought <laughs> that you were so talented, it was hard mm. to narrow down. Uh, yeah. Which That's what one? she would say. But I think it's one of those, bless her heart, she's got to have a talent uh, somewhere. We're going to find it. <laughs> no, we will find that dang thing. <laughs> And little did she know is making toast. Yeah, I mean, it got it from her. <laughs> I got that burnt toast from her. Learn it from the master. Like mother, like daughter. <laughs> is it true that, going back to the ballet thing, Yeah. that most ballerinas' toes are all jacked up because you got to yes. stand on top of them? Well, if you make it long enough in ballet to actually make it to toe. Oh, there's a toe. They- like you yeah. make it to toe. Like when you start in ballet, you're just kind of slapping around on your little feet. <laughs> That's what you're doing at five. Yeah, we Slap wish this around was around on your little feet. We wish this was there's a video <laughs> right. podcast at this point because you're missing some gold. Oh, Marcy's yes. hands are tap dancing yeah, so, on the table. Well, next I'll do my actual tap dance on the carpet for you. But uh, but you kind of graduate up and then you get into toe where you're actually in the toe shoes and yes. dancing on your toes. But I got nowhere near that level. So my little fat piggies are perfectly round. They don't look all jacked up. So I will say thank you, Mother, for letting me quit ballet. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That way you can get a nice pedicure. Yeah. 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 I don't have ingrown toenails and all that action. I'm sure they are broken and everything else. I know. I I don't know if where I saw that, like on a documentary or something, but just like ballerina's Flash dance. Is that what it was? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Yes, I think that is it. Yeah. Her feet were jacked. They were all jacked. That scarred me apparently. Uh, Yeah. And that's a real deal. That's a real deal. For the serious uh, ballerinas. Really? Which I, of course, was not. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Did you, did you want to, or is it just something? No, no, my mom stuck me in all these things. Yeah. (laughs) I was with Mrs. Stockup's uh, School of Ballet. Oh, wow. Mrs. Stockup. Stockup? Stockholm? 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 I can't remember. Something Something like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. And she must have been something major because it was in Enid, Oklahoma that she had her ballet school. Nice. Okay. Yeah. 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 We all took it. Well, that's a good first round. Yeah. First round. Sorry All I left right. you out. You just kept agreeing with everybody. So <laughs> well, I, I because lost, I kept quitting everything. I lost track. I was like, oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I, quit, I quit counting <laughs> whose turn it was. <sighs> yeah, round two. So something I'd quit, I regretted at the time. Although, you know, you think back on it, you're like, why didn't I finish that? And maybe mm-hmm. it's revisionist history a little bit. But I was back and I was working for Dr. Pepper. Okay. Ooh. Yes. Then we got free sodas, by the way. It was <laughs> fantastic. What a perk. It was one of the perks. Great company, Dr. Pepper. And they would pay for your MBA. What? Yeah. Seriously. And somehow I made it into the SMU executive MBA program. Wow. Wow. I don't know if it's executive. I thought I'd just make it sound better. Yeah, right. I, well, we're throwing that word around a lot today. We right. are. Yes. <laughs> it's the word of choice right now. <laughs> and they would pay for it. Like you had to prepay and they would reimburse you which is awesome right but you know i was in my you know mid to late 20s I think how many kids did you we have? had two kids yeah 
And it was a three-year program. And I just remember back then, three years felt like forever. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Now it's a blink of an eye. Yeah. But back then it was it was three trimesters. So it was nine trimesters. I got two trimesters into it and I went, golly, man, we got seven more to go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. And I quit the MBA program. Mm-hmm. And I always kind of regretted it yeah. because I had friends who stayed in it and it just seemed like, you know, two months later they were done. I'm like, oh man, I should have, <laughs> no, I don't think it ever, I don't think it hindered my career. There wasn't like, you know, yeah. and I love learning and I love, you know, that kind of environment. So I enjoyed it. Right. But you know what? Your marriage is still intact and you have two kids that knew their daddy. I know. Exactly. Working full time and going to school full time. That it's, would be it's pretty a beating. Tough. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's a beating. But at the time, I think my wife was not working full time. I think she had gone part time. But yeah, still it was. And I think that was part of it too. Yeah. That's the part I forget about. Allison's when fault. It's Allison's yeah. fault. <laughs> No, that, the part I forget is that is how much I had going on at home. Right? Yeah, there's a, a reason lot. you didn't finish. Yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't like how busy I was when I was five and quit ballet. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on when you're five. I had a lot going on. Yeah. I had a lot going on. So you had an easy bake oven to get yeah, to. I mean, I mean, you had all kinds of. Hey, those cakes aren't going to mix themselves. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Mine was a holly hobby oven. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember holly hobby. Oh yeah. wow, upgrade. Yeah, oh, yeah, super cool. <laughs> Bougie. Bougie. <laughs> Well, do you have another one, Marcy? You said you had many. Well, yeah, yeah. My serious one? Yeah, more yeah. serious. We're going to take it down. Okay. We're going to take it down. We're a notch. It I don't down think I've ever been serious on this show ever. Taking well, it down a notch. Um, I wish I had changed my college major so many times. I Underwater sure basket was, weaving. Yeah, I, I, my dad at one point said, he's like, you should be a doctor by now. <laughs> You're done. We're not paying for anything else. You go and you talk to your guidance counselor and you get out. So I did. Ended up with a history degree. But I didn't even like history. It was very bizarre. But I had started out with interior design Mm. with like thinking about becoming an architect. Oh. And I had the worst guidance counselor in college Mm. of all time. And she was like, well, you know, you're going to have to be in school this long and blah, blah, blah. And she basically told me you're going to end up working in a furniture store. I was like, wow. Yeah. So I was like, well, I don't want to do that. I'm telling you, I had probably three different majors. She's part of the reason I kept changing. And she's like, well, you know, she'd always give me the worst case scenario of what I'd end up doing. And you know what? She's probably looking at me thinking, yeah, it's not like you're really rising to the top, sweetheart. So here's what you're going to end up doing with your degree plan. You know, I had a, I, yeah, I was just barely, I had a great time in school. Yeah. I, was, I had a lot of friends, had a lot of parties, but school part wasn't really my thing. So yeah. I can kind of see where she was heading. It wasn't like it was out of left field, but she stunk and she talked me out of some stuff that I probably, even today, I think, man, could I go back to school and do that? You totally could. Yeah. I could, but dang, that'd be so much work. <laughs> you know, I think I've heard this same kind of scenario with guidance counselors. I feel like that is a gift that not everyone has. So and, you shouldn't be one. And you shouldn't be one if you don't have that. Like you should mm-hmm. inspire. Now you want to be realistic. Yeah. But you also want to be inspirational. Yes. And my kids have had similar ones that were like, oh, you can't do that, fill in the blank. Like, wait a minute, you're supposed to help inspire the kids and help them plot a plan to get there. Now, if it's completely unrealistic, who are you really to say if that's the case? I don't know. Yeah, especially when you don't even know the kid. Yeah. She saw me maybe once a semester. And made 
made an assumption. It's kind of like our Ted Lasso yeah. quote, Stephen. Yeah. Be curious. Be curious and not judgmental. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, mm-hmm. find out what Marcy's passions exactly. and desires are and then help her figure that out. I try to remember that every time I'm dealing with either my own child or somebody else's child or just a young adult. Whatever they tell me, even though if it sounds crazy, well, let's just explore that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's explore that. What does that look like? Well, that sounds fun. How do you, how do you think? And if it's really out in left field, I'm like, well, how do you think you're going to get there? What's that going to look? Just ask questions. Don't shoot it down. Right. Well, hey, That's I'm going to start this company, okay? Ooh. And you're going to be able to go online to, on the computer and order stuff, and it's going to show up on your door. And we're going to start with books. I'd like to invest. But then we're going to go broader. You're like, that's a terrible idea, Mr. Bezos. <laughs> right. Like, people have dreams. Like, yes. help them figure them out. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But if he led with a space thing, that may have deterred that, that, you. <laughs> <laughs> then the guidance would have been, yeah, let's tap the brakes yeah. on that one. We're going to sell books and go to space. <laughs> Okay, well, maybe put down the... Yeah, right, and are well, people going to read these start, books? Let's start at the beginning. Yeah. Let's start with the books. Yeah. Let's start with the books. No one's going to read them, but we'll start with them. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't You're matter. selling them. That's Who right. cares if they're reading them? That's it's right. Working. Well, I'm sorry about that, Marcy. I feel well, like you. I feel like there's, there's something there that maybe... Because I've seen your house... You decorate well. I think you could have done that. Yeah. Totally. There you go. That's true. Now I'm too damn lazy to go do it. (laughs) (laughs) But see, now you don't need need a degree. (laughs) I don't need one now. That's right. You could decorate your own house. I will decorate. I will start. You know what? I'm going to put architecture plans together and see if something stands. That's a good idea. I'm going to start with toothpicks and marshmallows. I'll let you boys know how it goes. Okay. The world's tallest marshmallow structure. World record is coming. Oh, to yes, Dallas. it is. Well, Stephen, do you have something that falls into this category? Yeah, I've got two of them that I'm thinking about. One is kind of around academics. So in college, it's a regret, but I did drop out of a class, and it was Spanish, actually. So Oh, muy bien. No, no, no bueno. No bueno, right, exactly. <laughs> I, went the, I went the wrong way there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but that's actually how it sounded. But yeah, so I started to take Spanish because I was actually trying to impress a girl. And which actually ended up being my wife. I was going to say, it ended up being Julie. Yeah. We have this joke that it's like, I pretend that I like Spanish and she pretends like she likes to go camping. And that's, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, but all kidding aside, I got in there and everybody, I think, had taken Spanish in high school. I took French, so it was completely different. But I wish I would have stayed in that because doing some nonprofit work later on and just being in Texas and other opportunities I've had. It's like that would have come in really handy. Yeah. And I think there's more in a serious note I could have done with that. Plus, my wife's fluent in Spanish, so we could talk about our kids in front of them. They wouldn't know. She's right in cursive. Uh, right. They can't read it. It's true. That's true. <laughs> kids don't do cursive. No. Yeah, they don't. No, you can write. And it's like you've written in like Braille. Braille. Yeah, Braille. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. They can't read it. But I did as a kid. There's one other thing that's probably what I find that one of my regrets is I actually had the opportunity to go to space camp. Ooh. Guys, space camp? What space is that? Seriously? Oh, you oh like our the... neighbor's kids go and love it. Yeah, it's like in the, this was in the early like 80s. NASA? Yeah, like early 80s in, in Huntsville, you go to space camp and. They're still doing it. Yeah, and it was like there's a whole movie off of it with kids where the yeah. shuttle accidentally launched into space and it was this whole thing and I, I got a ticket or whatever to go to it. I signed up, was getting ready to go. I was like, yeah, never mind. I just don't want to go. And it's like, 
That was really dumb. I, I should have gone. How old were you? I don't know, like fifth grade. You could be an astronaut right now. You could have been an astronaut, Stephen. I know. I know. I know. Me, I, I'm regretting it. Quit kicking me. Uh, yes. <laughs> me and Jeff Bezos, we could have been orbiting the world together with Richard Branson, but. But alas. Now I'm grounded here, here with gravity. Are. Yeah. <laughs> grounded by gravity. <laughs> yeah. So. But the Spanish one, I though I do seriously regret that because it's like that's so useful. It's a good it tool. Is. Could have used it. In Start a lot learning of, now. I've got on Duolingo. I've it's on my list of things to do is learn Spanish, and I've started this year. Yeah, and how's it going? Duolingo is not very good. I will. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm only doing the free version of it. I think I may have to upgrade. Right. Yeah. You going to Rosetta Stone or something like that? Maybe. I'm not sure what I'm going to use. Maybe Babbel. There's so many of them out There's there. There's so now. many of yeah. them. Right. Hey, viewers, if you all know which ones, not viewers, listeners. listeners, listeners, if you know a really good one, please type in your info. I would love to know about that. Yeah, send us a note. We'll pass that along to Marcy. Yes, please do. I think Babbel's the one that the CIA uses to help expedite wow. in training. No, I can oh. also be a spy. You could be a spy. Well, maybe you already With are. Spanish, Espanol. You, you can be a spy that decorates homes. In Spanish. In Spanish. <laughs> Everything's like a Pueblo kind of adobe look to it with stucco. She's been here. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, anything else we didn't cover? That's, those are good ones. Those are good ones. I feel like, I mean, it's just scratching the itch, man. There's so many, but yeah, yeah those those are some big ones. Those are some good ones. I always regret when I don't finish a donut too. That's one. I don't know. That's ever happened Never to me. Never happened here. <laughs> yeah. When, when does that ever happen? <laughs> no. It's usually because it's like the sixth donut. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I could have done it. I could have done yeah, it. I could have done that. I, I have a lot of food regrets. That's a whole other show. <laughs> that's a whole different, yeah. We could do a whole show on that. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a daily thing usually. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of things we've quit that we've regretted. Mm-hmm. There's some things we quit that no big deal. Yeah. But I also think about all the things we haven't quit. There's some things I've quit that I'm glad I did. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's so, a great book called Necessary Endings where it talks go. about that sometimes, like you said, you just, you do need to stop something and not, you can't do everything. That's a good point. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of things you haven't quit that you're proud of. True. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so think of those things. Don't think about the things that you regret. No, the think things those... that you persevered through. That's right. And trail running would be, one, I mean, the first 50K, Stephen. Mm-hmm. We have our first DNF. There's nothing wrong with that. We have plenty of ones that we did finish that we pulled through. Well, Marcy, thanks for your unique perspective well, as always. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. It was yeah. fun to see y'all. See you, Marcy. Oh, there it is. The music is back on. We're not going to stop this music. <laughs> Ever. Well, Stephen, believe it or not, that is the end of episode 60 of The Big Ass Runner. We keep on making these episodes. This is amazing. One after another. It's like we do it every week. Something like that. Well, we want to say a special thanks to Tom for doing that awesome intro. And hopefully you learned a little something on the DNF. Yeah. With a little something there. Also, great job, Jeff Jordan. Awesome first name. And of course... Thanks to Marcy Baser for bringing her unique perspective on life. 
Yeah, and Jeff, we just want to give a special thank to a couple of special sponsors that we have. First of all, we wanted to give a thanks out to Sarah Vandernoot in Vanderjacket. If you guys have not checked her website out, she makes some really unique, one-of-a-kind running jackets. We, we both have one. I know we have a lot of listeners out there that have it as well, but this is something that it's just a really good time of year, obviously going into the fall for a great jacket. And believe it or not, Jeff, she just released her new, what she calls her Denver micro line, and she has new styles in there. I'm looking at one right now that is probably my new favorite of hers. It's the men's number 11. It's got this really cool green color, and of course, it's got orange on it. Oh, you like orange. Which is my favorite. But this fabric is really cool. It's got this really modern twist to it. And so if you guys have not had a Vander jacket, here's what I'd ask you to do. Go find somebody. There's plenty of her listeners out there that have and ask them what they think. They all love them. Several of them have several jackets yes. out there. And maybe us included. Yeah, exactly. So we encourage you guys to look it up. Sarah and her whole family and team that produce these jackets are amazing. And they just do some really good work there in Denver. And they ship it everywhere, obviously. But go out and check out Vander Jacket. Um, they really have some really cool running gear out there. And the other big shout out we'd like to make is to our other partner, which is pathprojects.com. If you've listened to this show, you know we were wearing Path gear before our partnership. Yeah. But man, if you want a quality shorts and liners and shirts and caps, it's like the uniform, Stephen. It's the big ass runner uniform. Yeah, I used all of my path gear on my DNF. Was not their fault, completely mine. <laughs> but yeah, it, it felt very comfortable in that race, and they have some really, really nice gear. And they've got material. And what what I love, Stephen, it's direct to consumers, so that you order from them, you skip the middleman. You 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 know what? You pay. They're not inexpensive, but they're not certainly as expensive as like a Lululemon but the same quality, if not better. Right. So check it out, pathprojects.com. We love them. And last shout out, Stephen, is to our audio engineer who makes this sound so good when we really don't all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And that is Steve Sassafras Saunders. Well, listen, we hope that you guys enjoy the podcast and we just want to encourage you on an episode like this. If you've ever DNF'd or if you have to, we totally understand, you know, and and we want to make a podcast that's relevant for everyday runners out there. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that and take us along on your runs. Recommend us to some of your friends and just want to say thank you so much for listening. We, We take it as an honor and a privilege and so glad that you guys are a part of the herd. So until then, get out there, run those trails, and keep running your asses off. That is true. Well, Stephen, we've got, sorry, scratch that. Very first did not finish, but we're going to finish this little segment called DNF. Hope you learned something. I don't know how to end this. It is Jeff Jordan, uh, not any relations to Jeff Jordan uh, or Gordon. Sorry, Steve, sorry about that. I was going to say Jeff Harrell. You got to get it settled. Clean it out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've been talking about DNF on this episode. Steve and I talked earlier about our recent. It's classy. It's so classy. We, we, uh, well, Marcy, thanks for your unique perspective, well, as always. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's yeah. fun to see y'all. Yes.
There's got to be a good way to close. This <laughs> so, <laughs> close you don't want to end on yes. <laughs> we yes. are the champions. How, how can we close this? Think a little bit about some of the things that you've done. Haven't quit. I don't know what I'm saying right now. Darcy's looking at me like your heck? editing skills are going to be. Yeah, Steve, you get your you get your work cut out for you. You get your work cut out for you. I'm going to add a thanks to Steve Saunders real quick. Sorry, Steve. We had to edit you in. You get to edit yourself in. So sorry, Steve. Put me